dear church family, we are focusing on Christ's closing words on the Sermon upon the Mount, found in Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Let me just remind us of those precious words of the Saviour. Verse 13, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. We are here instructed, aren't we, by the Saviour, by Christ Himself, that to enter into a saved condition, a, a born again state. One must enter in through the straight gate, at the straight gate. And so Christ just speaks very plainly to us and very faithfully to us to what we need. There must be a true desire wrought by the Holy Spirit of God to turn from one's sin and to enter into and to take hold upon righteousness. This must be the case. It cannot be a half-hearted thing. It is a straight gate. Enter ye in at the straight gate. Another reason why, because wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And we were told many there be which go in thereat. And so, dear church family, let us Therefore, consider firstly the bad way, the wrong way, as it were, this broad way, this wide gate. This wide gate and broad way, we are told, leads to destruction. And we are told that many are on their way there. It's incredibly solemn, isn't it? Many people, as we know it right now, every second there are people perishing, as it were, Entering into everlasting destruction. That is destruction of the soul, really. A, a, a hell of eternity separated from God. From all God's common grace that we have here below. And so there are many, aren't there? It is clear from Christ's Sermon on the Mount that this way is not opposition to the way of true holiness. To the straight gate. To the narrow way. It opposes the straight gate. It is, as it were, in comp competition with the straight gate. In what way, therefore, does this way that leads to hell, in what way does it compete with the way to heaven? Well, this, this broad, uh, this wide gate, this broad way, it's incredibly accommodating. It's incredibly accommodating. There's no hedges there to hedge in. It is very wide and it is very broad in order to accommodate all sorts of sinful lifestyles, all sorts of sinful habits, as it were, and people. To make things even worse, the God of this world has subtly set up, as it were, an labyrinth of smaller pathways within this broadway, as it were, to give uh, people the impression that actually you may be on the narrow way. Uh, there's an elaborate, as it were, there's a junction on this highway of many other pathways, lay 
as it were. And people think, well, I'm on. I'm on the, the narrow way. When in fact, actually, I've been beguiled. I'm still on the Broadway. As with Vanity Fair and Pilgrim's Progress, there is much to appeal, of course, to the sight or the eyes and the pride of life and the desire of a, a man's heart by nature, which we all have, for the outwardly profane and for the outward rebels and the irreligious. The deceiver has laboured much, hasn't he, to ensure that there are many advertisements, as it were. There are big, I remember when I went to America, the big billboards everywhere. Everywhere on the highway, there's big billboards advertising, lawyers advertising this and that and everything else. And the devil is the same, isn't there? There's these big advertisements, some are big and colourful, some there are some smaller posters that are a little bit less subtle, perhaps. To, to catch people unawares. There's a thousand advertisements and posters, as it were, one for every God. And they are there to engage the multitudes on this wide uh, gate and broad way. The devil along this broad motorway called self-love and self-willed that leads, of course, to hell has set up many service stations along the way to turn into there are many uh, festivals and pubs and stadiums to watch sports and, and halls where great honours are given. There are many things to turn into along this motorway, as it were, called South World. And so that people can take their ease and be merry and uh, comfort themselves. The tempter has spared at no cost that we may do as Esau did, as it were and to sell his birthright uh, to the devil. That's what he did before. He sold his soul, didn't he? Uh, Esau sold his soul to the devil before he sold his birthright to his brother. In other, in other words, to, to give. To give the eternal over the temporary, as it were. To turn in, as it were, to one of these many things. In every one of the tempter's large venues, as it were, there, there are many speakers. When you go to uh, such venues, and the, these things are not bad in themselves, some of them are, but, but if, when you go to service stations and, and other such things, these large venues, you'll see speakers that are built into the, into the ceilings and, and into the walls. Well, the host and the prince of this world has many speakers built into the walls and built into the ceilings, and they keep on uh, having these messages to, messages to the people to reassure seared consciences Really, they're all as well. They're, they, they're in great company. Look at the multitudes. Look, even the Pope is amongst us. They're in great company along this broad way. And amongst the, the many venues upon this broad way, there is a tent. And that tent is called escapism. And those who often frequent this tent with all its promotional offers, as it were, seeks to escape God's judgment, as it were, to hold the truth down in unrighteousness, to push it down, as it were, with all these distractions. And this, dear friends, was me for many, many years in my pre-converted state, in my, in my unregenerate state. I just lived for the weekend before I was converted. I just lived for the temporary, as it were. I just drowned out conscience. I saw the Lord saving people, changing Dramatically, people in my life, and I just sought to live for the weekend, hit the 
I, I hate for this tape, this tent called escapism, as it were. I don't want to listen to conscience. I don't want to listen to these what's happening around me. I must hit the bottle, I must party, I must do these things. I must drown out the silent voice inside of me that's telling me that something is wrong. And oftentimes I would be, as it were, on the fast leg, as it were, with like-minded people on this way, on this tent, to this tent called escapism, to get to this tent as soon as possible. And friends, I must tell you, if it was not for the grace of God that plucked me as a brand from the burning, as it were, I would have no doubt been way, well along my way on my journey to hell. I would have been at the pits of hell by now. But oh, for the grace of God, dear friends, that plucked me. Along this broad motorway called Me First that leads to hell, there are many shopping complexes, there are many fun fairs, there are, which are called Soul Forget. And the prince of this world, Satan, has so designed them in order that we forget our Creator. We forget the purpose of our life, and that is to have a relationship with our God. But rather, to give our hearts to the creature, to give our hearts to the temporary. And in this world of retail therapy and entertainment, one is encouraged to bring their family and friends and many people with them because it's broad and it's wide. There's much to bring. Bring your family, bring your friends, as it were. There's plenty of space. There's plenty of amusements. You know, I remember when I was 14 years old, something, probably one of the worst times of my life that my dad, who was not a Christian, in, in the car told me that, and Jason was with me, my other brother, he told me that he was divorcing my mum, he was leaving my mum. And I remember there, my heart shattering into about a thousand pieces. And, uh, and but you know what? The, my dad was taking us to a place called N1 City. It's like Sun City. It had a thousand amusements. It had massive arcades, cinema complexes, dining out areas. It had everything. It had uh, holograms coming up from stuff. It was amazing. You know, my heart that was shattered into a thousand pieces was soon put together and glued together by a thousand amusements, as, as it were. This is what the devil seeks to do, doesn't he? There is a, a large cinema complex called Irreverent. And this is where the host, the devil, as it were, has employed Hollywood's best action heroes, Hollywood's best comedians, as it were, along the Broadway, as it, as it were, to ensure that many upon the Broadway are laughing the way to hell, always jesting, as, as it were. Not taking seriously the claims of Scripture, the, the, the testimony on the conscience, the testimony on the heavens, as it were. Never taking hold upon eternity and upon Christ. In every venue upon this Broadway, there are screens that have been set up uh, all over the place. In every venue, there's, there's, there, these idols are everywhere, as it were. And they are called tellers of lies. And their purpose really is to, their point really, is to dumb people down to the things of God. It's an easy format, you see. You can just sit, eat popcorn, as it were, veg on the couch, become a potato veg, watch the sports, as it, as it were. And you don't have to, it's such an easy format. And you can just sit and just, 
and, and do this. And, and if you were to sit on that couch and eat potato chips for the rest of your days, as it were, that would be enough to send you to hell. And, and the host knows very well these things. Along this broad way you'll find many gyms and leisure centers and salons and nail bars and such the like called the flesh profiteth much. And this has been set up for those who obsess over how they look and how they appear. They always have to be taking pictures of themselves or looking in the mirror every five minutes, as it were, or sculpting their bodies and priming themselves, really, for the lust of the flesh. Priming themselves to, to go on that way to help the faster. And of course, Satan, having the ability to transform into an angel of light, is not against these, and I must say, some of these things are not evil in themselves, just to make that clear. And, but Satan has the ability to transform into an angel of light. He's not against learning, is he? And just as long as the learning or the theology conforms to this world's way of thinking and this world's way of doing Many higher educational centres have been set up called respectability upon this broad way. Not to give a higher education, spiritually speaking, but to give a lower education. To give a knowledge that puffs up, as it were, that doesn't humble, that doesn't uh, bring down man's confidence and pride and self. It puffs up and makes men cynical of the things of God. And of course, upon this broad way, religion is acceptable. Just not the narrow way, and just not the straight gate that becomes a true, serious Christian that takes Christ at his words and takes hold upon Christ by faith. Upon this broad way, the devil has gone through great pains to make sure and appease professing, professing, uh, those who are professors of religion, and those who are even many who are professors of Christ, whose consciences are seared. Their consciences are daily seared, so he has to go through great pains to reassure them. He has set up many seminaries on this Broadway, many liberal and otherwise seminaries. There are many churches, there are many ecumenical centers along this Broadway. He must appease them, he must comfort these consciences, you see. And they, they offer up will worship as it were. And that is worshipping God on their terms and not according to the Bible. If you want a church that has drums and electric guitars and contemporary music, these things are perfectly acceptable in On the Broadway. If you want homosexuality to be accepted and women vicars and such the like, this is not a problem. On the Broadway, it's perfectly acceptable. Such things the devil actually is well pleased in because it brings the word of God into disrepute. He is well pleased with these things. If you want itching ears and you want to be told of what a good person that you are and what great things that can be done and the good deeds that you have and how they will, how, how they will get you to heaven, as a word, oh well, well he is well pleased with these things. He's deeply encouraged. And similarly, you can be a professing Calvinist, as it were. You can be those on the broad way who is a professing Calvinist. You can subscribe to the five points of Calvin. You can have all the knowledge of theology, Greek, Hebrew, Latin, have all this head full of the 
theology, as it were, but your heart full of self and the world. He is well pleased, dear friends, at these things, the devil. Uh, and like I said, at the big beginning, this wide gate and broad way that leads to everlasting destruction of the soul is incredibly accommodating, this broad way. It's accommodating, it's broad, very broad, for the profane and the religious. There are no hedges there. There are those who subscribe to various different denominational truths. And friends, our lives, are they not, are but a vapour. A few more shows, as it were, of these things, a few more performances, a few more service stops, as it were, along this broad way, and we're gone. And that's it. Gone to face our Maker. Gone to give an account of what our hearts were really trusting in. Men upon the broad way all God. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also, says the Saviour. We've considered, really, the wide gate and the broad way, albeit, of course, in the confines of today's sermon, which, of course, is the way of the unconverted. We'll now consider the good way, the way of true salvation, which is found in the Saviour. Verse 14 says, Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be, that find it. What solemn words, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Straight is the gate. It's a gate, it's a way of holiness, absolute holiness, absolute righteousness. And so let us observe firstly that this straight, that straight is the gate, that word straight can mean a number of very uh, meaningful things for us. Evidently, it can mean that it is straight as opposed to crooked. Ecclesiastes 7.13 comes to mind. Consider the work of God, for who can make that straight which he had made crooked? The natural bent we have of our souls, isn't it? It is not straight. The natural bent, really, is not the straight gate. We don't want to live holy lives. We don't want to live righteous lives. And we cannot live. Uh, that's us by nature. We're crooked. But the meaning of straight here goes far beyond that. It can also mean very close together. Very intimate, as it were. Like a, like a narrow pass that leads between two lands as it were, to another land, between rocks. This narrow, thin part. You can't bring the masses with you. It's got to be one, one at a time, as it, as it were. It's a thin, rocky, narrow part. A very dangerous, difficult part, as, as it were. Intimate. It's close together. And like a, like a, I suppose, you can, the Gibraltar Strait, for instance, or you have these uh, places where high tide comes in and you have this walkway and the waters are, are close together on each side and when the high tide comes over it, you can't get over it anymore to the island. And it's the same, isn't it? And so, dear friends, 
It's the same here, isn't it? So the righteous way is closely and intimately narrow. The picture I believe painted here for us is the way in which the Good Shepherd leads his sheep. It says uh, in Isaiah 53.6, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. That's the broad way. That's the broad way. We're all, we, we are all on this broad way by nature. And as sheep upon this broad, the broad plains, as it were, this broad way of this world, there are many storms of, in life that can scatter us. We are like sheep upon the plains, as it were. And the storms of life come in, and they can hit us, and they can scatter us upon these broad plains. There are many highlands, there are many false teachers that do not truly care for our souls. That when the enemy comes, as it were, they leave us to fierce creatures. There are many wild creatures that will not spare an ungovernable flock. These wild creatures are, of course, the devil and his followers. There are thieves also upon the broad plains that rob us of any notion of God's love and God's grace and God's mercy. They leave us half dead, as it were, upon these plains, like uh, the, the, the parable of the Good Samaritan. We're left half dead, as, as it were, like these sheep, injured. This is, this is dear friends, the condition we are all are left in. We are scattered, as it, as it were. We are lost in trespasses and sins by nature. We are misled, as it were, by the many bad forms of Christianity. We are in danger, great danger of our souls. We are robbed and left injured. This is our condition. This is our confused state. We are in no capacity in and of ourselves to even find the straight gate, to even get through the straight gate. We, we don't have any capacity to do it. This, this is a straight gate. It's very hard to find. It's very difficult. Especially in our condition. And one thing, dear, dear friends, is needful in this condition, and that is to call upon the Good Shepherd, as it were, by faith. To call upon Him, as it were, to put us upon His broad shoulders and to take us through the straight gate. And to see us through, as it were, this mountain pass. He is the only one that can take us into the straight gate to truly save us and to truly take us as it, as it were. We do not have the capacity to go on into the straight gate and we do not have what it takes to go through it. You see, friends, this straight gate and narrow way also means that it is difficult and it is very rigorous. We would not choose this way if the decision were ours, but the Good Shepherd knows more than us. We would not want a sheep that are injured and afflicted. We would not want to go through this mountain pass, would we? Even if we could find it, we would not want to go through it. We do not see any green pastures there. The green pastures are on the other side, as it were. We would not want to go through it. This straight gate and narrow way can be likened to the, pass the narrow passage which Jonathan went through between the rocks, recorded in 1 Samuel 14, 4. I'll just read that. And between the passages by which Jonathan sought to go over unto the Philistines' garrison, there was a sharp rock on the one side, and a sharp rock 
on the other side. See this kind of narrow rock that he's going between, as it were. And he's going with his arm bearer, and, and that's a good message in itself. But there's a sharp rock on one side, and a sharp rock on the other side. And the one was, that's the one rock, was called Bozes, and the neighbor, the other, was called Sina. These names mean slippery, like a slippery slope, and the other name of the rock. I mean, imagine naming rocks. <laughs> it's for a purpose, isn't it? One of the rocks was named uh, Bozes, which means slippery, muddy, and the other one is, is, uh, is Sina, which by interpretation is thorny cliff, as it were. This is no place for sheep, is it? No place at all for sheep. And so Jonathan went down a very dangerous, slippery, thorny cliff, as it were. All he can hold on to is thorns and thistles. He went upon this slippery, thorny cliff to fight God's enemies. And he succeeded, didn't he? With God's help. He overcame the Philistines with a great battle, as it were. No man, dear friends, no lost sheep can navigate themselves through this straight gate and these narrow rocks. It's impossible. It's impossible, isn't it? We need a good shepherd. We need a good shepherd. You know, in South Africa, where I grew up, I remember I foolishly was convinced by some of my peers to jump off a very large rock into an ocean that was very, very shallow, where penguins were darting inside and out. And, 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 and really, in order to get onto this rock, I had to jump from a higher rock down to this lower rock. And once I got onto this lower rock, to then jump into the ocean below, once you've done that, there's no turning back. You can't go back, back up the rock, as, as it were. You just have to go forward and jump and have faith that you're going to be alright. And in the same sense, dear friends, here, is that what we're called to do here? Is to put our faith upon someone that's able to take us into that straight gate, that's, that's taken the jump as it were, by who is the one, Christ, who has taken the fall for us, who went to the cross of Calvary to die for our sins. We, we, can't, we can't keep the law. It's impossible. The, this, the rocks, as it were, they are binding, aren't they? These rocks, they are sharp on, on each side. They are confined. This, again, is a picture of the law of God. They are binding. They are secure, as it were. And if we were to keep all of them perfectly, then we can, can enter in, but we can't, can we? They are binding. They are what holds the storms back. When the brunt of storms come, it's the rock. Being in the rock that shields us from the storms of life. And that's like the commandments, aren't there? And this sharp, uh, dangerous, difficult way going through the commandments. And who's the only one? that can go through the commandments, that has kept the commandments perfectly. It's Christ. It's the Good Shepherd. And if we're in Christ, we've kept the commandments perfectly. Because we believe that He died for all of our sins. His righteousness is imputed to us. We're in the rock, as it were. Our feet upon the rock. He navigates us through by faith. Dear friends, and similarly, the sense, friends, that the Lord 
is the only one that can take us into the straight gate, the new birth, as it were, to be born of the Spirit of God. And He is the only one that has the strict, holy discipline of life. We don't have it by nature. Although we can try, and you read of the greatest evangelists that ever lived, they tried. You think of Whitfield, Grimshaw, all remained, all these godly men of all. They tried to get into the straight gate. They strive to get into the straight gate. And it's good for us to do that. And you know what they found? They could not get in until they took hold upon the Good Shepherd. Until they believed in Jesus Christ alone for the justification of sins. It must be that way. You cannot depend upon a priest, upon a so-called father. You cannot depend upon a church, an institution. It must be Christ. It must be, it must be the Good Shepherd. He is the only one that can take us through this, you see, friends. He's the only one that can navigate through this very narrow, dangerous, difficult, slippery, rockery mountain pass to that heavenly land of Canaan. We cannot see the pastures as we were. We don't want it. The pastures are far greener, of course, in this land, aren't they? But we can't see it until the Good Shepherd comes. Until He picks us up and puts us on our shoulders. And we believe in Him and He takes us through the straight gate. And He takes us through that mountain pass to that better land, as it were, where it dwelleth righteousness. And over the years there have been many a highland, many a thief, many a wild creature who have attempted to find and enter in through the straight gate and narrow way. This intimate, close corridor, as it were, to the new land where it dwelleth righteousness, and they cannot do it. Because the Good Shepherd there guards it. This way is not for the blind, dear friends. It's for those who see their need of Christ. And you look at the, the context of Christ's words here today. It's the context of the Sermon upon the Mount, isn't it? It's the, we see the Beatitudes. It's a Sermon upon the Mount. And what is he teaching them? He's teaching them to have no confidence in yourself, basically. He's teaching them, don't have any confidence in man. Blessed is the poor in spirit. Blessed are those that mourn. His teaching is don't have any confidence in yourself or any other man at all. Your confidence must be in God. We're in a great strait, all of us, like David said. I'm in a great strait. I'm in a great difficulty here. Best to fall into the hands of God by mercy. I must. Jesus is the only way out. Jesus is the only one that's kept the law of God perfectly, as it were, and died for my sins who lived under the law to redeem me of the consequences of the law, who was punished on the cross for my sins. He is the one that's taken the brunt, as it were. He is the only one that can take me into the straight gate. As narrow as this path is, dear friends, and a, a, a narrow, as narrow path the commandments are binding on there, they cannot, be, they cannot be broadened, as it were, between these rocks, they cannot be broadened. And only Christ can navigate us through, as it were. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. Of course there's few, because only Christ 
is the one that's able to see us through. This straight gate and narrow way is the way of holiness, true heartfelt holiness. And those who are born of God are made holy, aren't they? They are made to live a holy life. And so you can actually see those who are truly born again because there's a new desire because they, like the arm bearer, are, have this sword, as it were, with Jonathan. They're there, as, as it were. I'm just holding what God has given me, as it were. I must hold on to it by faith. I must hold on to these things. And, uh, and so it's a way of holiness, isn't it? Of righteousness. There are few that will take hold upon Christ by faith. It is by faith, isn't it? We must take hold upon Him by faith and live a life of faith and utter dependence upon God. Those are, that's, that's what it is. A life of faith depending upon the Good Shepherd, Jesus, who died for your sins. And if you truly believe that Jesus died for your sins by faith, and, and when you believe, truly believe in that, that you are no longer accounted for your own sins, that Christ died for them, and you take hold upon His righteousness, not your own, His, well then He sees you through that straight gate. You receive the Holy Spirit. And that through a life of utter dependence upon Him, He makes you to live this strict, disciplined, holy life. A life that is confined, as it were, isn't it? Within this, this path, as it were. You don't want to be found, as it were, scattered on, upon the broad path. You can't anymore. You're in this confinement. You love, you delight in the commandments, as it were. And David's words, which we read earlier, are very telling of this, aren't they? 2 Samuel 24, 14. They were true of us. I am in a great strait. I'm in a great difficulty here. I'm in a great, there's great problems here in my life. I'm in a great strait. Let us fall now into the hand of the Lord, for his mercies are great. And let me not fall into the hand of man. Let me fall into the hand of God. That's all we can do. We cannot. We cannot. We cannot get our way to heaven by ourselves or by any other man. We must just fall into God's hands. His hands outstretched on the cross of Calvary that were died for ourselves. He's there, as it were. Open hands to save you. You've just got to believe in that. Forgive you every sin, every trespass. He promises that if you just fall into his hands this day, he will save you. I am in a great strait. Let us fall now into the hand of the Lord, for his mercies are great. And let me not fall into the hand of man. Those that fall into God's hands by faith, into Christ's hands, start to resemble more and more the Good Shepherd, don't they? A delighting in the narrow way. A delighting in a holy life. Despite the many difficulties, despite the loneliness, the few that are upon this way, they start delighting. In the, I've, I've, I've got my shepherd with me. I'm, I'm in his bosom as it were. I'm embraced by him. And he is there, as it were. I've, I've got, I'm in the rock. I'm protected by him. He's taking me. He is taking me to this new, to pastures new, as it were. I'm in Christ. You must be in Christ, friends, you see. And yes, it can be a lonely life, spiritually speaking, because there are few like-minded. It can be very lonely as a true born-again Christian. But it's the best condition, isn't it? It's the best condition because Christ and His Holy Spirit 
are with us and within us. We are in the rock, as it were. We are safe. Oh, are you in the rock? Are you in Christ? Are your feet upon a solid ground in Christ? Well, I really hope and pray that we all are here. Thank you.